uh, happy new year. Thanks, Josh Giddy. Made it an awesome new year, huh? Anyway, that's right. This is NBA Australia Hangout. It's uh, Monday, January 3rd, 2022. Where did you think you'd be in 2022? I just expected like flying cars and cool shit like that. Living on the moon instead. I don't know. We can't even get free rapid testing. <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer. Sometimes, for whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, I am here in, what is it, Chateau de la Mer. Studios, down in Lawn, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season in the new year, bro. While repping Australia a bit, that's what we do. We're doing holiday shows. That's right. These are a little bit more chill, a little bit more laid back, a little bit scrappier. A little bit drunker. <laughs> and you might have already gathered we don't uh, take things too seriously around here. We'll leave that for the nerds, but we are very serious about enjoying basketball. So, that is it, right? Welcome to 2022. We had an absolute insane start to this uh, calendar year with Josh Giddy becoming the youngest bloke to ever have a triple-double in the NBA, which is absolutely awesome. We got a bit of our DeRozan there. F you, Jimmy Magic. Love that. We got a trade which is crazy. Uh, things are falling apart in Houston. We've got teammates trying to fight coaches. Uh, we've got weekend winners and losers after the game wraps. What else we got? Uh, and it's a new year, so that's right. I've gone through and done uh, 2022's uh, New Year's resolutions for every NBA team by NBA Australia. How good is that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit flippant, but we'll go through every 30, every one of the 30 teams. Uh, we've got a juicy slab of That's Not a Knife. Oh, mate, no, mate, spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. Dickhead of the weekend. We've got Yeah Nas. We've got the Unpopular Opinion of the Day. We've got Outback Takehouse, where we're serving up a flame girl take. There's an Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. And a couple of days worth of game previews and picks for you. That's what we're doing at the moment. Just a few days in, uh, a few days ahead. And we might just finish up with a uh, rerun of A Cooking with Bainsey. Or how about we start off the new year with a new deli review? What do you reckon? We'll figure out when we get there. Right, let's get to it. Episode 730 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. I better watch out for the uh, Josh Giddy attack. Hey, if you're Ben Simmons or... Uh, Anybody else, it's like 100%, you know, verbal meme. The girlfriend looking at the boyfriend aghast, which is Ben Simmons looking at Australia as Australia is looking at Josh Giddy, which is the chick who just walked past. 100% right there. Uh, let's start the year the way we start every year and show here at NBA. So with a daily whip around. There you go. Rondo. He got traded. How's this? Bit unexpected. He gets sent to uh, Cleveland. Cleveland, that's right. Uh, for Denzel Valentine, which is like sure. Rondo has been, uh, to put it mildly, dog shit so far this year, shooting 37% from the floor, 27% on threes. Barely saw the floor until like basically the Lakers lost their entire team to the COVID protocols. And then he was lost to the COVID protocols as well. So the weird sort of uh, Rondo redemption arc. Of him ending up in Atlanta, then getting shipped to LA, and then LA going, oh, we're good, and him going to Memphis, and then coming back to the Lakers after a buyout, is very much like, uh, oh, remember when we won the 2020 finals together, Rondo? And he's like, yeah, man, that was sick. And he's like, all right, on your bike, you're going to Cleveland. Cleveland! Brutal! Uh, but I mean, this is 
pretty interesting for the Lakers because essentially I think the contract for Denzel Valentine is non-guaranteed. So if they had have waived Rondo, considering they're so deep in the luxury tax, it would have cost them a shit ton of money just to get rid of Rondo. This way, with the non-guaranteed money of Denzel, they can pick up one of their uh, hardship players like Stanley Johnson or Darren Collison and uh, without having to eat the Rondo salary as well. So pretty smart, I guess. And for Cleveland, they don't have a point guard. They had Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. He's been out in the COVID protocols. Rubio went down with an ACL. Uh, Colin, the sex man, Sexton was already out for the year. They're about to start like basically a Euro dude who they're just like, oh God, he's played 21 minutes all season. So they traded for Rondo. Talk about a stopgap. I mean, I'm just saying like Dante Exum's right there. He's just in Barcelona. It's like a seven hour flight. Come on, chuck him in a plane. What are you doing, Cleveland? Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that again later. Uh, but Rondo traded to Cleveland. Denzel goes to Los Angeles. And you kind of like come out of it going, sure, right, whatever. Uh, who else? Oh, that's right, the punch-on. That was a fun one. So what's going on there? You've got Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood getting into it with uh, assistant coach of the Rockets, John Lucas. He called them out half-time. And uh, apparently Kevin Porter Jr., a bit of a heated exchange and threw an object. He fucking loves throwing a good object. If it's not fucking super booby Gibson, who knows what's going to happen. KPJ just loves throwing shit at assistant coaches, doesn't he? And uh, apparently he left the arena halfway through the game. And Christian Wood refused to get into the game at halftime in the second half. So everything is great in Houston. <laughs> Tell you what, if they had Dante Exum, none of this would be happening either. COVID stuff, uh, Chauncey Billups is back. Uh, we did have a couple of weird ones. So most of the Nuggets coaching staff uh, were placed in the COVID protocol. So it came down to uh, a lot of uh, sort of lower down the pecking order sort of dudes. But we did have a couple of big names clear the protocols. We had Luca, we had Josh Giddy up. We had Draymond. And uh, look, the who's out today, latest news of COVID is forever changing but today we lost sweet baby carrots and bubble mj tj warren even though he's still recuperating from a uh was his ankle i mean i'm just like protect patty mills at all costs at this point <laughs> you know jesus and uh, what other news Ah, oh, ben simmons got engaged apparently reportedly as leaked by a tattoo artist <laughs> Ah, oh, Simo just can't fucking, like, stop leaking shit, can he? It's like, if it's not going to be to Shams, it's going to be to the tattoo artist to release the fucking news of his uh, engagement to Maya Jamma. Maya Jamma. She is, uh, she's a smoke show, so well played, Ben. That's, uh, Box Hill Benny doing all right for himself. All right, let's, uh, fang through some game wraps from the, what is it, the New Year? That's right, the New Year's weekend. Let's do it. Game wraps, 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 game wraps. The game wraps from Friday. We had Philly beat the pants off of Brooklyn in the end. 110-102. Shut him out. Shut him down down the stretch. Absolutely incredible scenes. The same thing happened to Brooklyn. The very next game against the Clippers. Uh 34 and 7 for him beat that one. That was a pretty good one. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the pants off of Orlando. 136-118. Giannis. What a weekend for him. 33-12-5 for this one. Cleveland, they lost in Washington, 110-93. K-Love still at 24-11. He has been on a tear. You'll love to see that. Brad Beal at 29-6-10. He's back, baby. And uh, the Golden State-Denver game got postponed. So, a bit weird. What can you do? Draymond had a couple of words to say about that. He's like, yo, so hang on a second. Now that they're not full strength, we had to play with a bunch of replacement players 
and we're getting our heads kicked in. We're having to play under strength. This is bullshit. And everyone's like, yeah, Draymond's right. This is fucked. What are we doing? Anyway, uh, Saturday, Phoenix lost in Boston, 123-108. Good game. Good game for Boston. They stepped up big time. Chicago, DeMar DeRozan there hit his first of two back-to-back game-winning buzzer-beating threes against Indy. Absolute fucking scenes. 108-106, DeMar DeRozan. Just continually telling me to go get fucked. Uh, Kobe White also 24 on that, just saying. Kobe. Uh, Dallas, they beat Sacramento, 112-96. The shorthanded Mavs beating the Kings then. Uh, Miami, they beat Houston, 121-10. Atlanta, they just snuck by Cleveland in an awesome game. This was unreal. I don't know if you watched it on Saturday, but 121-118. Kevin Love, 35-11-4. Crushing it. Trey also had 35-11. There was 11 assists. Good game. The Clippers, they lost in Toronto, 116-108. San Antonio, oh, geez, they got jarred. Jarth, 36-8, and it was uh, 118-105. The Grizzlies win that. OKC beat the Knicks, what? 95-80 because SGA is awesome and the Knicks had no players. Utah, they beat Minnesota, 120-108. Donnie Mitchell is back, baby. Yeah, 39 in that one. The Lakers, the Lakers, they beat Portland 139-106. This was just, LeBron schooled him. Basically, his birthday goes out, drops 43-14-4 as a 37-year-old. Unbelievable. Uh, New Year's Day in the USA yesterday. The New Orleans Pelicans got absolutely handled by Millie Walker, 136-113. No Spindles Ingram. And they got belted 35-16-10 for Giannis. Yeesh. San Antonio, they lost a heartbreaker to Detroit, 117-116. Weird game. It's like the first time that, like, it's like the, in the f- past 50 years, there's only been three trios of players to have 20-plus points and 14-plus rebounds in a game. The last time it happened was 1974, and it was the Detroit Pistons in 2021 that did it. 21-17 and 17 for Big Deke Bay. Luca Garza, the rookie, 20 and 14, and Hamadou Diallo had 34 and 14. That is great. The last time it happened, it was Bob McAdoo, Jim McMillan, and Gar Hurd. And then in 1972, it was Jerry Lucas, Dave DeBusschere, and uh, Walt Frazier. Jesus. What a world we live in. Then we also had, oh God, speaking of the world we live in, Tim DeRose in there. That's right, the second of his two buzzer beating game winning threes. This one seemed harder. So they beat Washington 121-19. DeMar in the corner. Whereas, like, at least the first one, it was an insane shot where he's, like, doing the one-legged uh, sort of off the elbow, throws it in. It was an insane shot. Just unreal. The second one was just fucking beautiful and a way tougher shot. Hemmed into the corner, rises up, nails it. Big win by DeMar. Big win for Chicago. Uh, they're going to pop up in weekend winners and losers in a second. But, wow, that was a good goddamn shot. And it was a great reply to Kuzma, who uh, hit the go-ahead. But either way, the Clippers absolutely just stomped Brooklyn down the stretch. 121-16 in Brooklyn. The Nets had no answers after Patty Thrills fouled out. Talk about that later. Denver, they beat Houston 124-111, which uh, precipitated the John Lucas, Christian Wood, KPJ fracker. And an absolute unreal game at the end of the day. 123, the Warriors beat Utah. 116 came right down to the crunch time. Eagle Dada comes up with a big dagger threes. Insane stuff. That was an awesome game. I'll talk about that again in a second. And then uh, today we had the Knicks 
lose in Toronto because Fred Van Vliet just fucking loves to beat the shit out of the Knicks. Only 120-105. He had 35-5-5. Boston snuck by Orlando in overtime, which is crazy. Jalen Brown had a 50-piece. They went at 116-111. Incredible. Uh, Cleveland, they beat the Indiana Pacers in a great come from behind when they were down like 11 in the third quarter. Took control of the game because Evan Mobley just decided to crash everything and Jared Allen was unstoppable. Ah, that was a great game. Miami, they lost in Sacramento. What an absolute shit show this was. 115-113 for the Kings. What a win. Absolutely insane. Charlotte, they got their asses handed to them at home by Phoenix. Jalen Smith. That was pretty gnarly. Uh, 133-99. Dallas, they beat OKC as Josh Giddy. That's right. Had his triple-double. Dallas won that game, but, I mean, that's neither here nor there, is it? 95-86. I mean, Luka only had 14-9-10. and 10. Giddy outplayed him. And then finally, the Lakers held on against Minnesota, who didn't have, like, anyone good. Ugh. The Lakers are going, yeah, man, we got that win, man, we got that win. It's like, yeah, Minnesota have got, like, Ant-Man and nobody else. What are you doing? Minnesota should have won that. Anyway, 108-103. Let's do some quick weekend winners and losers. Oh, my God. I won! I won! Ah! All right, the first obvious weekend winner is DeRozan. It's basically he and Giddy. You come out of this weekend going, yes, what a weekend that was, eh? Uh, But DeMar DeRozan, look, he's basically spent this, we're going to talk about this again in year Nas, but he spent this year basically proving that I'm an idiot. And I mean, that's not hard, but still. Uh, The back-to-back game winners in different years, which is absolutely insane. One's in 2021, the next one's in 2022. In back-to-back games, Three-point buzzer-beating game winners has never been done. And DeMar DeRozan, of all people, hitting these threes. Not a noted three-point shooter, don't forget. He just goes out there, does the damn thing. That was awesome. The Bulls are obviously weekend winners as well. They're rolling. They've won seven on the trot. They're top of the East now with the Nets dropping a couple over the weekend. They've gotten everyone back before everybody else has from the COVID protocols. But I think more than anything, you come out of this weekend looking at the Bulls, watching the Bulls, watching DeMar save their ass twice. And you're like, wow, A, they shouldn't be in their positioning as bad teams, but at the same time, they were bailed out by DeMar. Number two, god damn, this is fun. Like, the Bulls are fun. That's awesome. They're going to get Lonzo back, and away they go. <sighs> you kind of love to see it, don't you? The Bulls and the Knicks, when they're good, the NBA's fucking good. I'm just saying. Kevin Love, he's crushing it out of nowhere. He's another weekend winner. The Cavs got a big come from high win against the Pacers, as I mentioned. Uh, he had 21 and 16 in that one. Despite they're 21 and 16, the Cavs, and despite losing Rubio, they replace him with Rondo. He's just not exactly anywhere near the same amount of offensive threat or defensive threat that Rubio is. But he will be a stopgap until they bring Delhi over. Uh, but either way, Kevin Love and the Cavs—they are cruising the Bucks. Look, they're smashing it at the moment. It's like we we sort of turn around every so often and go, "Oh yeah, the Bucks are a lot really dangerous, man." Well, they just don't lose that much, eh? And when their three big dudes play, they fucking win. So I'll tell you what, Giannis just spent that weekend kicking ass and taking names. And the Bucks just absolutely fucking rolled. And you're like, well, I guess this is just what they do now. Like they're just going to keep doing this for the rest of the season. Uh, as long as Giannis stays healthy, as long as Giroud stays healthy, healthy, as long as Midi stays healthy, they're up into third in the East now. They're 25 and 18. They've won six in a row. That's the second longest winning streak, I think, at the moment. Yeah. And uh, behind, obviously, the Bulls with their seven. So they're crushing it. That's awesome. Great job by the Bucks. Looking good. Feeling good. 
Uh, playing good. Fred Van Vliet, the fighting Van Vliet. He's a weekend winner. Maybe he had another kid. We just don't know it. 35-5-5, 31-4-9. What a weekend. Finishes the game against the Knicks with 35-5-5. 7 of 13 from 3 in 31 minutes. He was awesome. Uh, for If you remember, Toronto were one of the hardest hit teams with the COVID protocols. They had like 10 of their players in the protocols. And uh, they had their eight most used players available for the first time all season. And they're playing in front of no fans up there in Toronto basically from now on. So just saying, keep an eye out for the Raptors. The Grizzlies! Jars out here battling LeBron. They've won four on the trot. And I'll tell you what, the Grizzlies, they look like the fourth best team in the West because they are. Talking about this the other day, over at, you know, at Chrissy, it's like, who are the best five teams in the West? And you're like, after you get through the top three, you're like, fuck, I don't know. Memphis, Dallas, shit, who knows? But Grizzlies, they're rolling. The Sixers, they had three straight wins now. Big one over Brooklyn, I mentioned. Uh, and despite not being able to get any fucking rebounds, uh, they're starting to gel. Looking dangerous. Uh, hella dangerous, even. All that shooting around in bead. If they could just figure out the fuck they're going to do with that six foot nine triple double machine uh, named Box Hill Benny, aka Benny the Bricky, aka Ben Simmons. If they bring him back, if they convince him that that's a good fucking idea, if they trade him and get someone back for him, god damn it, they just need to do something. Because you can see the bones of a really good team in the Sixers, and there's just a big fucking question mark where an all-star used to be. It's weird. It's like you're wasting an entire fucking max player spot at the moment with uh, Simo having a sook and staying at home. Boston, their weekend winners, two big wins over the Suns. They eke past the Magic. They get the 50 from Jalen Brown. The thing is, they're just weekend winners because they just need wins. God damn. Because otherwise, like, just there's so little to make of this fucking team that's ridiculous. Lance Stevenson, Lance, Lance, make him dance. I didn't mention him at the top, but it's great. He's back in Indy for the third time, which is crazy to think about. So he played with Atlanta uh, just the other day. He was on one of the 10-day hardship exceptions, and now he's back in Indy. And it was good to see him running around the uh, court today. Like a chook with its head cut off, not knowing where to go on defense, running into folks, causing havoc. Lance is back. Born ready. The Mavs are there. Look, it was a weird one. The weekend was kind of like, okay, right? So they come out. They've got, they're 18 and 18. They get two wins. They get Luca back. They got Tim Hardaway, the lesser back. They just need now to have Luca back, Zinger healthy at the same time, and just start to gel. It was good to see Josh Green play some point guard, though, I'm just saying. The Warriors are obviously weak, and when it's beating the full-strength Jazz without, uh, you know, their full complement and just, you know, riding Otto Porter to the win, absolutely crazy. But the Warriors are just seeing them going, hey, bro, do you remember the, oh, like, you know, we get, like, uh, Clay Thompson back pretty soon. <laughs> it's just fucking gnarly. Uh, meanwhile, James Huazman is, uh, you know, in the protocols, but still... Absolutely crazy for the Warriors. That was a, such a, like, an insane win for them to beat the Jazz and sort of beat them in a very Warriors kind of way, right? Like down the stretch, Iguodala hitting the shots. And I mean, it's just nuts. Like it was very cool, but it's also fucking nuts. Like without Draymond, they're out there crushing it. That's cool. Yeah, anyway. Uh, who else we got? The last weekend win. Oh, that's right. Josh fucking Giddy. Giddy. Up. Oh, youngest triple-double ever in the history of the NBA. 75 years. Thousands of thousands of players. 
And Josh Giddy becomes the youngest player in NBA history to have a triple-double. Also, the youngest player in NBA history to lead all players in points, rebounds, and assists in a game. And the only player to do it as a teenager was his opponent today, Luka Doncic. So, yeah, I guess you could say Giddy's back. That was awesome. Good to have him back from the uh, COVID. Good to see his dad out there in the cold and OKC. Was a absolutely shredding on the IG. Love that. Josh Giddy though, crushing it. Love to see it. So happy. He might pop up again later. What about weekend losers, though? We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Loser. 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 All right, weekend losers. Uh, Rondo gets traded from LA to Memphis. Doesn't want to go. Gets bought out. Picked up by the other LA team. He's like, you know, hey, 2020 title team reunion, baby. And then like half a season and he's sent to Cleveland. Whew. The thing is, he might be a bit of a loser because he's been traded from the Lakers to Cleveland which is a bit of a downgrade, I'm just saying. But I would absolutely fucking love for this just to light a fire under Rondo's ass and him just have a massive bee in his bonnet and lead the Cavs to the finals. Let's go, Rondo. I love it. Uh, the Wolves, uh, just when they start to look dangerous, Wolves are going to Wolves, aren't they? They really fucking love Wolvesing some shit up. They really do. The Wolves today, look, shorthanded, they still should have won that game, though. And now they've lost three on the trot. Cat, look, he'll be back soon. Hopefully they get D'Lo back. It's just, I don't know, Ant-Man, he's awesome, but the rest of this team just stinks. <laughs> you know, they just stink. And, like, they're still dealing with, like, dudes in and out. They're shorthanded, obviously. Naz Reed was unreal today, but God damn, the Wolves. What are they doing sometimes? Like, you look at this team, they'll get a lead, and then the Lakers just sort of, I don't know, drag themselves back into this game today. And... They kind of just ran away with it. Like Malik Beasley, Pat Beverly, Ant-Man. You're like, all right, this is kind of cool. <laughs> and it's, just, it's not very cool. Spoiler alert. Uh, nah, next loser, the Knicks. No Randall, no Kemba. They scored 80 points against OKC. Yeah, that's not great. 105 against Toronto. The Knicks didn't have Randall, Mitch Robinson, the other Mitch Robinson. Uh, New Orleans, Noel. Wayne Selden. <laughs> God. And obviously Kemba. Kemba's out with the left knee. At least Obi Toppin had 19 in the game against the Raps. But Jesus, the Knicks. <sighs> Talk about when you think they've just turned a corner, boom. They get COVIDized and it just sucks. Mm, stinks. Brooklyn, also weekend losers. Rough weekend for the uh, entire New York sports scene, right? <laughs> Jets, Giants, Knicks, Nets. Gross. Uh, but either way, that's the uh, first time. I think the Nets have lost back-to-back -back games this year. Then that was a pantsing by a Clippers team that was like on a back-to-back -back without any of their good players. Bledsoe lit it up. The Nets are up 13 with like five minutes, five and a bunch of minutes to go. And it was a 28 to 11 stretch run by the Clippers after. And then Patty fouls out and they're just like, oh, guess what? It's going to be Harden or Durant. The rest of these idiots can't do shit. Boom. They shut it down. Tough one for Brooklyn. The Pacers are weekend losers. They've lost four on the trot. They lose from ahead against the Cavs today, as I mentioned, despite Suva playing out of his fucking mind at the moment. They also lose my sweet baby Karis LeVert, Goga, and uh, TJ, as long as as well as Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon and Crystal Duarte in the COVID. But uh, I mean, the paces. It's just we'll get to that in the New Year's resolutions. But goddamn, not great. Portland, they've lost four on a tr on the trot as well. They're now thirteen 
and 22. They're now in 12th in the West. That's three wins out of 10. Three wins down. The thing is, they're only a half game out of 14th. Portland, what are you doing? This is absolutely horrifying. OKC and the Pelicans are literally a half game behind the Blazers, and that's it. So if they all get a win before Portland do, watch out. And uh, finally, <laughs> weekend loser Kevin Porter Jr. You can't just keep throwing shit at assistant coaches, Kevin. What are you doing, mate? Oh, I'm going to wing this fucking tortilla soup at Booby Gibson, and I'm going to try to fight John Lucas. It's like, nah. You won't be able to stay in the NBA if you keep doing that. I hate to break it to you, Kevin. <laughs> That's just not how it goes. All right. All right, let's do a uh, NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. Oh, a couple of good ones for this weekend. 43, 14, and 4 from uh, LeBron James in just 29 fucking minutes. Turns 37. Turns in a game like that. So get the fuck out of there. 43 points, 14 rebounds. Hits five threes. He has two blocks, two steals, and he had zero turnovers. That is insane. Jalen Brown with the 50 points. He has his career high. He goes 19 to 29 from the floor. Hit five threes, had four assists, two blocks, and a steal. He's his seventh Celtic all-time to score 50-plus. That was insane. It was against the Magic, though. <laughs> Let's all just be serious for a second. Like, yes, scoring 50 is hard. Very hard. But it was the Orlando Magic. Uh, this one's got to be, obviously, again, the combo of our winners. The two biggest winners of the weekend. It's also they de- delivered two of the best performances of the night of the weekend. DeMar DeRozan, two buzzer-beating game-winning threes in back-to-back games in, that's never been done before, but to do it straddling two years is fucking awesome. That's insane. I love it. 2021, finished with DeMar DeRozan hitting a game-winning buzzer-beating three. How did 2022 start? With DeMar DeRozan hitting a buzzer-beating game-winning three-point shots. (laughs) And every time he does it, he's like, yeah, Jimmy, fucking shut up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, and if you're not paying paying attention to the DeMar DeRozan NBA Australia saga, it's because I spent, I don't know, what, the first three years of this show rightfully shitting on DeMar DeRozan and his clutch stats because they fucking sucked. And then this year, he just turned it all the way the fuck around and uh, made me look like an idiot. So good job, DeMar. That was awesome. And of course, Josh Giddy with an absolute barn burner of a performance to uh, set the new record for the youngest triple-double of all time. It was just fucking incredible. Like, what a performance. 17, 13, 14, and 4. Goes 7 of 16 from the floor. 3 of 5 from downtown. The 3 of 5 from downtown as well. It's just like, oh, yeah. He's going to hit more threes in, like, you know, the first half of his season than Ben Simmons might in his entire fucking career. So, incredible scenes from Gids. They lose the game, but god damn. You just look at that and go, put the ball in his hands more, okay? So, what are you doing? Anyway. <sighs> Good weekend for it, I'll tell you that much. All right, what about Spud of the Weekend, though? Spud, 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 it is Spud of the Night. Spud of the Night. Evan Fournier. How good was that? Goes one for eight for the Knicks against OKC. Way to finish off uh, 2021, Evan. Marvy Bags went two of nine for the Kangs. Tory Craig, 0 of five for Indy. 3 of 12 for Brandon Goodwin. Yeesh. Jingles went one of seven yesterday. Same as Josh Primo. Not ideal. Josh Christopher. A lot of Joshes out there. Two of 10. Four of 19 for Donnie Mitchell. 
3 of 14 for Darren Fox in these uh, different kind of games. The Kings, Jesus Christ, I don't know how they did that. But uh, Calden Johnson, if you want to look at why the San Antonio Banderas Spurs have been, uh, I don't know, struggling just a little bit of late. Well, Calden went 2 of 12 and then 4 of 18 over the weekend. So, look, anytime you can go 6 of 30, you're going to be the spot of the weekend. Just saying. Uh, and, of course, Russell Westbrook. He's always going to get a spot of the weekend kind of a nomination, right? Because he was out there trying to go for a 20 and 10 uh, today with the 20 point. 10 turnover a game. Uh, tried his hardest to sabotage that win by the Lakers, but he got there in the end. So I think he ended up only with nine turnovers anyway. So tough one. Who's old mate? No mates though. Old mate. No mates. 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 Old mate. No to be there going, hey, man, I've, you know, mended all my offenses with LeBron. We're kind of, like, hanging out now. I enjoy being on the Lakers. This is awesome. What do you mean I'm being fucking traded to Cleveland? Oh, fuck you, LeBron. I always hated you anyway. Boom. Classic Rondo. 20-0-0 for Fournier. He gave it the old uh, New York Knicks, the shake of the old uh, Alan, Alan Houston record, wasn't it? 37-0-0. I get paid to get buckets. Nothing else, mate. Nothing else. Fournier, no mate, old mate, no mates, because he's like, he's not passing you the ball. You're passing it to him and he's shooting it. That's how Evan Fournier plays. Deal with it. Uh, but I probably enjoyed the Kyle Kuzma, DeMar DeRozan exchange from the weekend the most, right? So Kuzma hits his clutch three. DeMar hits the insane game winner. And uh, boom, DeMar told me to hold my beer as he went up for it. Off he goes, hits the game winner. DeMar DeRozan, old mate, no mate in Kuzma. Love to see that. Uh, panting of the night. Panting of the weekend. I mean, there was a weird mix of, uh, I don't know, shacked in a fool vibes at the, in, was in the first quarter of that Lakers-Wolves game where there's a fast break. LeBron just falls over. Uh, Rusty is like halfway through maybe trying to think about passing the ball, goes up for the dunk instead and throws it off the backboard. And the Wolves go back up the other way, five on three, and score. <laughs> it was very much a pantsing. Evan Mobley got Miles Turner, got him good. Just dunked right on his bonds. Biombo tried his hardest to uh, Brandon Knight-ish Smith, put him in the ground, big fella. Biombo uh, and Jared Allen, I think stuffed was a Juzzy holiday. He stuffed him dead. It was 94-90 in the fourth quarter. Huge block from Jared Allen, just Fucking negated the shot attempt. But my favorite one from the weekend of the Pantsings, uh, Plumley got absolutely fucking obliterated by Jalen Smith. Just, he gave it the flex afterwards. You're like, yeah, you can't give him a taunting fucking penalty because A, it was Mason Plumley, and B, that was sick as fucking hell. Holy shit, the disrespect. Plumley got demolished by Jalen. You love to see that. That was massive. And the Suns now find themselves in a weird fucky position where they decline the player option, uh, the team option on uh, Jalen Smith's contract as a rookie, which is pretty unheard of, obviously, because you've got built-in cost certainty when it comes to rookie contracts. And even if you eat the third year, whatever, they tend to be so, you know, the rookie scale is small enough that it's not going to make a giant fucking difference on your cap sheet. And they were very, very unconvinced by him in his first two, uh, first couple of years. He's like, nah, fuck it. We're going to uh, not pick up the third-year option. 
And he came out today, had career highs across the board, and it's like, oh, shit, they may have made a horrible mistake. Uh, what about better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I mean, there's obviously Josh Giddy. Uh, <laughs> who became the youngest player in NBA history to have a triple-double. I'm just saying. It just keeps happening. It keeps coming up. I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, better than Lonzo, definitely there. But also, the cool part was he overtook, you know, uh, Lamelo as essentially the youngest dude out there dropping triple-doubles, which is fucking sick. So happy days, good shit. So it was Giddy, Lamelo, Markel Fultz, Luca, and Lonzo. So Lonzo had one, but uh, Gids beat it. So there you go. Lonzo today. Josh Giddy's better than you. Not hard. Uh, but Mobley as well. I want to uh, give a bit of a special mention to Evan Mobley. He was like hitting insane shit to start the game today. Goes over the paces in the end. 24-9-4. and four, Shot 11 of 16. Just tore him up. God, he's good. And, like, there was a game, uh, was it the Cavs-Wizard game, uh, where the Wiz beat them. He had such an, like, an insane Dr. J twisty up-and-under layup that goes in. Kuzma was like, holy shit, that was good, and dapped him up as they sort of ran back up the court, which is gnarly. <laughs> and you'd love to see it. All right, finally, let's do a Dickhead of the Weekend. Dickhead of the Weekend. Dickhead of the weekend, Kevin Porter Jr., would you stop throwing shit at coaches, you fucking idiot? What are you doing? Talk about dickhead of the weekend. It's like, oh, what's nearest at hand? I'm going to throw it at a coach. That's just my thing. Kevin, pull your fucking head in, you dickhead. What are you doing? It's like, how can I get run out of the NBA really quickly? Oh, that's right. I'll throw shit at coaches. You dummy. Anyway, all right, let's uh, do some yeah, nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddy. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Yeah, Nas are brought to you by the DailyLiquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, look, party time. I'll tell you that much. Look, you got all that Rona out there. You got all that COVID. Fuck that noise. Stay away from it. Don't go get the Omicron. Stay at home if you need to. But if you don't just don't just go to the bottle o. Bring the online bottle o. They'll bring all the booze to you. The online bottle o brings the booze to you. It's Rona free. You don't stand in line with someone who's going to give you the Omicron. It's easy. So go to the dailyliquor.com. They've got all the boob, what is it, the beers, the wines, the cocktails that you'll need. And if you bang in the code Australia, you'll get a free six pack of the old Dos Blocos XPA. So go check it out right now. It's a great drinking beer. Uh, we've got a bunch of yeah, nahs actually from the weekend. Dan Drosher, yeah, nah, DeRozan's taking the piss. He's officially clutching all NBA this year. Yeah, nah, fuck yes. DeMar, look, the fact that he's just gone so clutch. So wildly is awesome. And look, I only give players shit when they deserve it or if I hate them. Like, there's a very distinct kind of line there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Demar, I think, 
I can't say enough about his development as a player when he's gotten to Chicago. It's like these cool, fun steps of his career, and it's kind of all coalescing perfectly in Chicago, right? Where all the elements of his game, where he sort of the playmaking over the last few years in Toronto and then in San Antonio has come to the fore. The scoring was always there, but it's much more well-rounded now, and it's just kind of neat. But the thing was, having watched him so many times in the clutch, like just shit the bed, same goes for Paul George. When he comes through, it's fucking gnarly. And if he keeps on doing it, I'm going to give him all the plaudits he deserves. And it's awesome. So great job, DeRozan. He's definitely all NBA this year. Shit, he's in the top five of MVP as well. So fuck yeah. You'll have to see that. Scotty Baxter, he says, yeah, nah, anti-Australia bias cost the Nets that game against the Clippers by fouling Patty out. Yeah, nah, fuck yes. So I don't know if you're watching this game, but Patty was absolutely in flamethrower mode. He was like five of nine from three. And uh, as soon, like basically as soon as he fouled out, and this is what Kevin Durant said after the game, we knew, uh, we knew they were just going to forget about their defensive scheme and just bring two at James and myself for the last six minutes of the game because when Patty fouled out, the Clippers were yelling that the Nets were down to two shooters. <laughs> so, yeah, the anti-Australian bias of some of those bullshit calls against Patty cost the fucking Nets the game. It's insane. 100%. That's a good call by Scotty. Brad McGagan, Ben Simmons, I'm ready to make one of life's biggest commitments. A basketball ball roll. A basketball rolls towards Ben. He drops into the fetal position. Yeah, nah, Ben Simmons just gave up on getting his contract paid by getting engaged for an absolute smoking hottie. Yeah, nah. Oh. I, I, look, just celebrated my sixth year of marriage like yesterday. We, old mate and I, we went out, got shit faced. It was awesome. I'll tell you what, though. If you're Ben Simmons, and you're busy getting fined 10 million bucks so far this season. You've been seeing a lady for a little while. Far be it from me to give advice to Ben Simmons. He's far richer than I'm ever going to dream of fucking being. At the same time, mate, I think there are some bigger things that you might need to focus on. <laughs> what are you doing, Ben? Hey, you're fucking 25, dude. Just settle down. Just chill. There's no need to settle down, you know what I'm saying? God damn. Look, she is a smoke show. Don't get me wrong, but fucking hell, mate. Just. Anyway. <laughs> so I think McKeegan's idea of uh, Ben just sort of going, ah, oh, might just give up basketball. Just join his mate Jonah Bolden in retirement. Anyway, Matty Owens, Happy New Year, Jimmy. Yeah, nah, LeBron is a freak of nature. Yeah, nah, yes. I'm going to get to that in the uh, Andrew Gay's Grand Mumber Award in a second. Uh, but Matty has absolutely nailed that on, on the head. He is an absolute freak of nature. And I've got a bunch here from Jez Oz. I've uh, got a couple of belters. So there was one piece of news that I didn't mention at the top because Jez has sent this one through. So Becky Hammond was appointed as the... Uh, she got a five-year contract uh, to head up the Vegas Aces. So head coach of the Vegas WNBA team... Jez Oz asks, is that a huge setback in her potential to become the first female NBA coach? If she'd stuck it out as an assistant, landed a job and failed, she still would have been seen as a success and probably could have picked up a good gig in the WNBA afterwards anyway. Now, if she doesn't have ridiculous success or even worse, doesn't see out her contract, her chances of getting a top gig in the NBA will be zero to nada. Yeah, nah. Ooh, this was a tricky one because I thought probably initially the same sort of vibe, right? Like, I think... This is actually more of a proving ground. Like, it's not a proving ground. It's the WNBA. It's like the fucking top notch of the 
uh, you know, of women's professional fucking basketball. The thing is, I think I just sort of see it more as like if she gets two, three years into like coaching Vegas and she's doing well, I think she's still going to get a tap on the shoulder from the from NBA teams anyway, right? But it did seem odd in the initial sense of like she was right there, ready to have a crack as an NBA head coach. She probably could have taken over from Pop. Maybe she had an inside tracker like Pop's like, I want to coach another three, four years. And she's like, fuck that. I'll take the pay rise. Go be a head coach in the WNBA. But yeah, it did sort of feel a bit odd where it felt like she was right on the verge of being an NBA coach. And then she goes over to the WNBA, which is obviously very prestigious no matter what. But I mean, the money and the just the shine that you're going to get from that is probably not going to be quite the same. Still, also, Sandy Brondello being named the Liberty coach. That was fucking gnarly, wasn't it? Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, nah, look, I think her chances of getting a top gig in the NBA are much more than zero to nada, even if she does sort of fail out of the W. Like, if it doesn't go well, rather than fail out, which is a bit weird to say, uh, if it doesn't go well, I still think she's got a track record in the NBA, in the WNBA. I think she will still get a uh, bit of a chance anyway. So I'll go with nah with that one. Got a couple of other ones from Jez. What do we got? Uh, Kevin Love has a fair case for six man of the year. Yeah, nah, yes. He is making a wild run at it of late, which is really fun to see. And, uh, we've got a couple of other ones, I reckon, that we could probably use for Thursday's show. What do you reckon? Yeah, there's a play-in tournament one. We've got, uh, another coach pop one. We've got a LeBron trade, which is hilarious. (laughs) And getting Simo, I like this one. The only way for Simo to get to LA is in a three-way trade that involves Diazza Fox to Philly, Rusty to the Kings, and Benny can go lay some bricks with his shirt off an NBA Australia on the Makita radio on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, nah. I actually, look, I don't mind that one so much. Look, the thing about Darren Fox, and I've sort of talked about this on the reg, I think that trade is there. Whenever Philly want to kind of make it with Sacramento, I think the Sixers going to look at that and go, Tyrese Maxey might be just as good as Darren Fox, if not better. And we've got him on the rookie fucking contract for as long as we need to keep him rather than bring in a dude who plays his exact position, maybe a touch better because he's a bit older, but Maxie's like a better shooter. It's like, okay. so, But um, in terms of like Rusty going to the Kings, it would be a very Kings kind of move. Benny going to LA, it might actually help some of their problems. Like, as I've said before, like the Lakers just need three and D. All Benny delivers is D, ask Maya. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, lock that in, Benny. Uh, but goddamn. Simo getting the Lakers would be pretty funny. Rusty ending up in Sacramento would be funny, but I still think it's a little bit more likely that Simo ends up on uh, Sacramento and it's funnier that way. But maybe that's sort of like the hang-up. Maybe it's uh, Clutch trying to get Simo to the Lakers and that's where we land. All right, what about the unpopular opinion of the day? This is where we're going to do our New Year's resolutions. Let's do them! All right, these might be unpopular, but let's do it. Let's go uh, alphabetical. We've got the NBA Strayer 2022 New Year's Resolutions for every team. All right, let's start with the Hawks. Kaka Atlanta. Their New Year's Resolution ought to be to go to extreme lengths to convince Trey Young that every game that he's playing in is actually in MSG against the Knicks, and it's the playoffs. That should be like their entire vibe. It's like, oh, man, I'm a bit bored by this season. Yeah, 
your season will be over pretty fucking soon, Trey, if you don't actually, you know, pick your ass off the ground and get to fucking work and make the fucking play-in tournament. Jesus Christ. What a disappointment the Hawks have been this year, right? Sure, they've had dudes in and out. They had too many dudes at one stage, and then they had no dudes. Now it's like, all right, you've got half a season to put this together, and uh, or else it's going to get fucking a bit wild very quickly, and you're going to miss the playoffs altogether. And so you've had the, the you've had the vibes tray. You need to <laughs> you need to catch them, put them in a bottle, fire it up your ass, and off you go. So if you have to pretend that every game is an MSG, you're playing against the Knicks and the playoffs, you need to do that. Boston, they need to trade. Oh, wait for it. Jason Tatum. Oh, jeez. Isn't that a bit worrying? Yeah, I think it's a bit extreme. So failing that, I think just stop being one of the most Jekyll and Hyde teams in the NBA. I don't know. They need to unlock using Dennis Schroeder the correct way or fucking move him. There's just something off about this team and they need to fix it. And I mean, the easy way to go about this is to go, oh, well, yeah, no, it's actually... You know, it's actually just like, you know, it's you need to trade one to Jalen or Jason. I don't necessarily think you need to. And it annoys me that I keep having to think about it and talk about it because I think in an ideal world, it's the same with my Luca and Zinger vibe, right? In Dallas, they should work. The results say that they don't. <laughs> and it's fucking annoying. So I don't know. Kick the tires, see what you can get, see what you're doing. But, I mean, maybe you move Marcus Smart, get rid of Schroeder, try to figure some shit out. You've just got to do something because, I don't know, like, they keep every sort of thing, every time you talk to a Celtics fan, it's like, oh, we just need it to click. Dude, you see this kid, Tatum? He's only 19, kid. It's like, no, he's not 19 anymore. Just settle down. That's my joke. Settle down. <laughs> and, like, nothing has clicked. I mean, this is the thing. I have them on weekend winners and losers without fail each week as either a winner or a loser, because they'll be one of the two week in, week out. There's no consistency. It kills me. So I don't know. They need to fix it quick, smart. So their New Year's resolution really ought to be, take a good, hard fucking look at yourselves. Brooklyn, they need to pin Kyrie down and double jab his ass or trade him for the zinger. Or I don't know, just literally hope that Joe Harris comes back soon and stop relying on fucking James Bloodsport Johnson for clutch time minutes, which is worrisome. But... Either way, uh, look, they do need Kyrie back. They just need to put the hard fucking full court press on his dumb ass and just go, get the fucking jab, you idiot. You know? And if he's talking about, oh, it's a brotherhood. I'm just here for my brothers. No, you're not. If you're not getting a vaccine to protect yourself and others, you're being a cockhead, Kyrie. So blow it out your ass. So Brooklyn, their new resolution ought to be just to get fucking Kyrie on the court and get him vaccinated. Joe Sy should be like, right, what's it going to take? A fucking private island off the coast of, like, I don't know, somewhere in China. Off you go. Yours. Done. Brutal. Charlotte, their uh, New Year's resolution really ought to just simply be get in a groove before the playoffs start. So talk about inconsistency. Like, uh, Charlotte and Boston are the sort of two teams where you turn around, they've lost four straight, they've won two straight, they've lost three straight, they've won two straight, they've lost another two straight, they win two straight or win three straight. Charlotte have got a little bit more of a sort of, I want to say excuse, injuries, all that sort of shit. It's always annoying. But they need to get into a groove before the playoffs start. And I would argue that Charlotte should probably make a New Year's resolution. It's like, look, we're actually going to take all of our players off the All-Star ballot so we don't have anyone fucking off 
to go play the All-Star game. We're locking in right fucking now. Lamello, pull your head in, focus, 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 and off they go. Because if they get healthy, they get on a roll, they're fun. Give me more fun, Charlotte. Stop fucking around. Chicago! Make Lonzo and Levine listen to NBA Australia. And uh, pay me to talk more shit about them. Because it worked for Dimash, Chicago, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, this is it. Just give, just fang us, you know, a couple of grand Chicago Bulls. And I will talk shit about, more shit rather, about Lonzo and Levine. Maybe Vooch. Kobe Watt. No, I'm not going to talk shit about Kobe Watt. I love him. Just let me talk shit about some of your other players. And Demar has proven that if that happens, they'll listen to the show. They'll get angry. They'll prove me wrong. And off you go. You'll be laughing. And also, just let Demar cook. That's your New Year's resolution. Just You're doing awesome. Stop being in close games where you need him to save your fucking ass for miracle game-winning threes. But otherwise, you're doing great. Keep it going. Let Demar be Demar. Cleveland, they need to bring Dante over from Barcelona and look into Delhi's Melbourne buyout. What are you doing? Both of them are better than Rondo at this point in his career anyway, so what are you fucking doing, Cleveland? Come on. Your New Year's resolution should be to get way more Australian. There you go. Dallas, uh, their New Year's resolution should be to like buy Zinger like a fucking hyperbaric chamber and make him live in it when he's not on the court. Because all you need is a healthy Zinger, and who knows what this team could be. Also, their New Year's resolution should be just to have enough self-control to wait out Toronto buying out Goran Dragic. <laughs> And then you've got your other ball handler next to Jalen Brunson and Luca. Love it. Denver, uh, then year's resolution is, look, fuck it. You may as well. Look, they've won a couple of games on the trot. It's a bit silly. But what are they doing? Just, you, you got to make sure the Joker doesn't get hurt. That's your New Year's, New Year's resolution. Don't overplay Joker, even though you want to. And don't rush anyone back, even though you want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jamin Jamal Murray, the temptation is going to be there. It's like, oh, he's good. Oh, looks pretty good. Maybe we should get him back a bit early. Don't do it. And don't overburden Joker in the meantime. Come on, Denver. Chill out. Detroit, they need to see if Killian fucking Hayes there is actually any good and if he'll ever work next to Kate Cunningham. And, uh, I mean, because you've been playing all your young dudes. Luca Garza is, like, surprisingly fine, but that's not a giant surprise because he's, like, a four-year senior out of Iowa. You know, college player of the year. He's the kind of dude who comes in. He can do your grunt work. We've seen it a million times before. But it really does sort of come down to like dudes like Killian Hayes and obviously Cade Cunningham. They're your last two lottery picks. What can they do? Let's see it. Come on, Detroit. Your New Year's resolution should be to play Killian Hayes as much as possible and lose as much as possible and get that number one pick. Golden State. They've got to also resist the urge to uh, bring back their dudes too quickly. Bring along Clay to like super slowly. The... They've already come out and said, like, yeah, look, we're probably going to start him. Like, we're not going to fuck around. It's like, good job. At the same time, limit his minutes. Come on. We've spent two years without Clay. I don't want to spend any more time without Clay. You know what I'm saying? Houston, uh, their New Year's resolution should be to not have any more players try to fight coaches. And to keep all bowls and soups away from Kevin Porter Jr. Indy, their New Year's resolution ought to be just to fucking trade someone, anyone, just do it. What are you doing, Indy? Fucking hell. The Clippers. Ah, their New Year's resolution ought to be simply stay afloat. <laughs> Keep floating. Until poor George comes back from his elbow. And then maybe Kawhi comes back as well. 
Let's see it happen. The Lakers! Their New Year's resolution should be to convince Rusty that there's like an uncollected rebound that'll give him a triple-double for some reason that's like somehow fallen all... It's bouncing all the way near to that open locker. Then fucking shove him in that locker, put that locker in a bunker, bury the bunker in the desert, and then let Darren Collison be your fucking point guard. I swear that'd make the Lakers better. God, Memphis, they've beaten the Suns, the Lakers, and the Spurs. They've won four straight. They're 23 and 14. They're the fourth best team in the West. Memphis, you're doing fine. Keep doing what you're doing. That's your New Year's resolution. Don't fuck this up. Keep leaning on Stephen Adams. That's all you need to do. Miami, their New Year's resolution should be to get Bam back, keep Jimmy Butler healthy, and pray that Tyler Hero stays hot all season. <laughs> but they're good. They're doing fine. Uh, Minnesota, oh no, Milwaukee, sorry, they should get another ball handler, uh, keep your big three prime for the playoffs, don't give in to the temptation, the Mike Bildenhoser temptation of overplaying your three big dudes, Giroux, Midi, and Giannis, because they've just gone through a fucking belated run to the finals, just, we've already dealt with some injuries, just buds, just chill bro, you're going to be fine. Minnesota... Oh, geez. They need to get healthy and stay healthy and trade D'Angelo Russell because he's a fucking train wreck and you're never going to win shit with him. I'm just saying. That's your New Year's resolution, Minnesota. Build around Ant-Man and Carl Anthony Towns and get the fuck out of the D-Lo business. You'll get better, trust me. New Orleans, their New Year's resolution ought to be hire a cook for Zion, hire another cook for Zion, hire two personal trainers also for Zion, and then double the amount of people you've got there and so that someone's with him 24-7, so he can't eat any more gumbo or whatever the fuck he's doing. Come on, Zion. New York, the Knicks, they need to find out what's wrong with Julius Randle and fix it. Is it confidence? Is it overpaid? What's going on? Julius, we need you back, buddy. Okay, so they need to trust the mop-top mumba, Josh Giddy all the more. Let Josh run the point more next to SGA. SGA's a fucking wicked combo guard anyway. Just let Josh run the show. He's halfway through his first season. He's only 19. We know that, but I think we've seen a little bit that he uh, he can do it. Orlando! They need to tell Jonathan Isaac to get vaccinated and stop being a fuckhead. And, <laughs> and also to up his fucking rehab. Where's that guy gone? Jesus. Anyway. Uh, no, Orlando just need to keep on losing games and uh, get another high pick because Franz Wagner and Ice Cole Anthony are awesome. They're fun. They just need one more really fucking good dude to throw in that mix. And maybe they might have something next year. Philly, they need to find a Simmons deal that makes you dangerous this season. Their New Year's resolution ought to be, I'm not wasting a vaguely fucking healthy Joel Embiid season. We can't do it. We can't waste another year and depend on him staying healthy for fucking next season. The time is now. Do it. Phoenix, you need to put in a call and see how Bangers is doing. Because I just think you need one extra big man. Come on, let's do it. Bring the big fella back to the valley. Just check on his health, see how he's doing. Just give him a big cuddle, even if you need him on the bench. Hopefully he's all right. Just have him there for the good vibes. You need an Aussie. I'm just saying the Suns. Portland, yep. Yeah. I think your news resolution should be A, hire a fucking GM, and B, blow it up. Just, you're, you're done. This season's a write-off, Portland. Figure out what the fuck you want to do, but trade CJ, trade Dame. Come on, what are we doing? Sacramento, their New Year's resolution ought to be to make a Ben Simmons deal already. They should move Darren Fox in that deal. They should get Marvin Bagley the fuck out of town. Turn the team over to Tyrese Halliburton. See how you go. See what else you've got. 
uh, because what you've got at the moment is not pretty. It's not great. It sort of sucks. You've got Simo there, maybe. Pull the trigger. Let's see what happens with him and Halliburton. Could be fun. San Antonio, their New Year's resolution ought to be to play Jock Landau way fucking more and don't let Pop waste his prime like he did with Patty Mills. Simple, easy, direct. Toronto, they need to try to figure out exactly what they need that team to be and figure out if they exactly actually need or want Pascal Sikkim Siakam on this team or if he delivers more value in a trade or something like that because... They're in this weird nether region at the moment. Now that they're healthy, there could be a big run in Toronto. You just don't know. Scotty Barnes is awesome. Siakam, we know what he can do. Does he have enough to put him over the top? Does he, Van Vliet, OG, Scotty, does it make sense? I kind of think it does. I just don't know. I want to see it happen. So let's see if they can get healthy, and then we'll figure that out, I guess. Utah, they need just to keep everybody healthy and actually do something. Look, Utah's New Year's resolution ought to be we make the fucking Western Conference Finals or some of you motherfuckers are gone. <laughs> I'm just saying. And Washington, finally, they need to figure their shit out. Can Spencer Dinwiddie actually be a point guard? I don't know. Do they need to figure something else out? Do they need to trade Brad Beal if it doesn't work out? They're 500 now. It's hilarious. Washington still sort of stink. What can you do about it? It's 2022 and nothing's changed. Their New Year's resolution ought to be, let's fucking figure out if we're good or not. Right. Outback Takehouse. It's Monday, and out back, and you know what that means. Oh yeah, it's 2022, so we've got New Year's resolutions. Eat more roux. So we've just delivered more roux to Outback Takehouse. Goes great as a flame grilled take, and today's flame grilled take is, no matter how many triple doubles he posts and how much he might deserve it, Josh Giddy, aka the Mop Top Mamba, will not win Rookie of the Year. Because Adam Silver needs the nobody Aussies to stay that way. Because he needs to prove that the NBL isn't a better pathway to the NBA than their fucking shitty G League Ignite team. How's that going for you, Adam? Whereas the last two winners of the NBA, of the NBA Rookie of the Year ought to be from the NBL, he won't let that happen. Because he needs everyone to stay in the States and prove that the G League doesn't suck a fat one. Only at Outback. Wouldn't that be gnarly? Lamello, Gids, let's fucking go. All right, quick stream player watch right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian player watch. Let's fang through this. Patty Thrills, and that lost to Philly. Five points. <laughs> it was a bit of a rough one. One of eight from three, three rebounds, an assist, and a block. And then the loss to the Clippers, I mentioned. Absolute flamethrower territory, 6 of 10 from the floor. He was 5 of 9 from 3 for his 17 points. He had 2 assists and a steal and fouled out, which was some bullshit. I'll tell you that much. Jingles in that loss to Golden State. I mentioned his shooting figures earlier, 1 of 7. Not ideal. He went 0 of 6 from 3. Uh, a bit of a rough one for the old jingling one. 2 points, 2 assists and a steal. Aussie Matty T in the win over Brooklyn. He was good, 6, 4 and 1. So 6 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 blocks and 3 steals. Absolute insane territories there. 3 of 5 from the floor, 0 of 2 from downtown. And in the win over Toronto, I mentioned this last week, uh, 7 points, 4 rebounds and a block. Um, I think out of that list is somebody else that he played. Anyway, Josh Green got a bit of run over the weekend as well. You'd love to see that. Who's Josh Green? In a loss to Sacramento, he had 4 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks and a steal. Absolutely crushed it. And then the win over Sacramento as Dallas went back-to-back against the Kings. He had eight points, two rebounds, and assist. He shot two or six from the floor in that one. And then today, actually, was guarding Giddy for a little bit, which was pretty gnarly. 17 minutes he played, one of five from the floor, two points, three rebounds, one assist, one steal, and a block. 
Josh Giddy, obviously, out of the health and safety protocols and into the record books as the youngest ever to have a triple-double in the NBA. That is awesome. 17 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists. He was absolutely unreal. But felt like for a minute that Aaron Wiggins stole that fucking rebound from him. He's like, oh, he's not going to get it. Oh, fuck you, Aaron Wiggins. I'm going to punch on. But uh, he got there in the end. Uh, four steals as well. He shot 7 of 16 from the floor on this one. 3 of 5 from downtown, which is awesome. He was a plus 6 in a game they lost by 9. <laughs> Holy shit. Ah, oh, unbelievable. So he follows up that 0-10-10 and 10 game with a 17-13-14 and 14 game. That is absolutely insane territories. Josh Giddy, you're a star. Can't wait for us to win gold at the World Cup and the Olympics. And then finally, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau. In the loss to Memphis the other day for the Spurs, he had three points, one rebound, one assist, and a block. The one shot he hit was actually a three. So that's pretty cool. One of three from the floor, one of one from downtown. And in the loss to Detroit today, uh, yesterday rather, 17 minutes, eight points, four rebounds, and a block. He went three of four from the floor in that one. O of one from downtown. But uh, he's still, you know, racking up his usual sort of uh, big bench minutes. Love to see that. Good on you, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Big Cock, Jock. Right. Andrew Gay's Grand Mum Reward for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It's about LeBron. It's the first and Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. Yep, easy one this week. Andrew Gay's Grey Mum Reward for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. LeBron James turns 37, uh, very clearly the highest scoring average of a 37-year-old in the history of the NBA. Um, there's all those sort of weird comparisons about like Kobe averaging like just under 18 at 37. Jordan, he retired before he turned 37, I think. So at 36, he was averaging almost 23 points. LeBron at 37 is averaging 28.6 points a game. That is absolutely insane. The craziest part is that 43-14 zero turnover game that he had in 29 minutes, the day as he turned 37, like that had literally never been done before. It's a stat line that a 37-year-old has never put up. That was incredible. And then there was the uh, really insane stat, right? Like LeBron, age 17 in high school, 28, 9, and 6. LeBron at 27, he was averaging 27, 8, and 6. And then at 37, he's averaging 28, 7, and seven. So, to go back to Matty Owens' question, is he a freak of nature? Yeah, nah, fuck yes. That is absolutely ridiculous. So, in his second year in the NBA, which is crazy to think about, he was averaging a 27 and 7, 27, 7 and 7 already. So, he's gone from age 20 to have a 27, 7 and 7. Age 27, he was at 27. 37, he's at 28 points a game. So, from year two to year nine to year 19, the stats have barely changed. That's fucking incredible. What a legend. All right, the Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in is easy. It's jingling Joe Ingles with his IG story, entertaining the kids with a Paw Patrol disappearing behind the uh, blanket trick. Love that. The laughs of the kids was absolutely electric. Jingles, Renee, happy new year to all the uh, Aussie, you know, NBA players out there. Everyone's having a good time. It's been a great run on the old IG and uh, the social, so go check them all out. Game previews and picks, though, as we come to the end of this show. Let's do it. Game previews. Game previews. Oh, thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. Did you have a good wedding anniversary? Yeah, man. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a uh, voucher for Movida down here in Lawn 
for our wedding anniversary, courtesy of my brother-in-law as a Christmas present last year, which is fucking awesome. And awesomely, Movita keep them for three years. So it's like, yes, thanks to all the COVID and shit. Uh, we finally got to actually do it and we fucking oh, ate like kings. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, married six years. Kind of fucking crazy to think about. Been doing this show for most of that too. I'll tell you what, she puts up with a lot. <laughs> Uh, we went 15 of 26 on the picks over the last uh, weekend. Uh, we actually went 3 of 3 on Friday, and then I think like 6 of 7 on Saturday, and uh, went about 50% the rest of the way, so not too bad. Where does that leave us for the year so far? We are 301 correct picks out of 530 picks made, which is pretty bloody good if you ask me. Right, the game's coming up. We have Philly hosting Houston, the 12.5 point favorites. I'm going Philly. Charlotte. They're one-and-a-half-point underdogs against Washington. I'm going to take Charlotte because they're a better team. Brooklyn host Memphis. Memphis are seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. Give me the Grizzlies. Shit, yeah. Chicago, they host Orlando. Their 12-and-a-half-point favorites are the Bulls. The Bulls will cover there. Give me the Bulls. Millie Walker. There's a couple of big ones in this one, hey? 14-and-a-half-point favorites against Detroit. So Philly's at 12-and-a-half. Chicago's 12-and-a-half. Milwaukee's at 14-and-a-half. That's a lot of big... And I'm going with the favorites because, uh, yeah, dog days... Utah, they are going to New Orleans. They're 10.5-point favorites. Look, if Spindles doesn't play, I'm going Utah. So at the moment, I'm going Utah. Dallas hosts Denver. They're 2.5-point favorites. I'm going to have to go to the Mavs. I think Luka gets uh, back into gear, and they uh, beat Denver. They need to. I'll tell you that much. Miami, they go to Golden State. They're 8.5-point underdogs. I'm going Miami with the underdog. Portland, they host Atlanta. Portland desperately need a win. I think they'll get it. Give me the plus 4.5. Minnesota, they go to LA. Well, they're staying in LA to play the Clippers. Clippers are one and a half point favorites. I might go the Clippers unless Cat's back. If Cat's back, I'll go Minnesota. Wednesday's games. Because remember, we'll do another Thursday show this week. It's Monday and Thursday. Throw in some NFL story on Tuesday night. Anyway, Memphis go to Cleveland. I'm going to take the Grizzlies even on a back-to-back. I think they'll just have enough because I don't know if Memphis will beat Brooklyn. But I think... Uh, uh, maybe just squeak by Cleveland. Toronto hosts San Antonio. I think Toronto win that just because with their full-strength lineup, they should be all right, right? San Antonio's just going to be a bit tough, I think, for them at the moment. The Knickerbockers of New York City host the Indiana Pacers. Ah, it's this Spike Lee, Reggie Miller bowl. you love to see it. The Knicks should hopefully bounce back and get this one. Indy, though, look pretty okay, but now that they've been struck down by COVID, who knows what's going to happen? All I know is I'm not going to watch that game. Uh, give me the Knicks. Phoenix. They go to see the Pelicans in New Orleans. I'm going to take the Suns. Lakers, they host Sacramento, and they should win that one. Because uh, even as bad as the Lakers have been, they're not as bad as the Kings. Thursday, we've got Detroit at Charlotte. Give me the Hornets. Philly, they go to Orlando. Should have no problems there. Uh, Washington, they host Houston. Washington, good enough to beat Houston. Yes, they should. They will, as long as nobody throws any bowls at anybody. Boston, they host San Antonio. It feels weird saying that San Antonio are going to lose another one, but I think they will. Give me the Celtics. Brooklyn, they go to Indy. A reeling Indy. I think Brooklyn will uh, win that one. Golden State, go to Dallas. And I don't know. I feel like I've gone Dallas again here. With Dallas having beat Denver, maybe they get on a little bit of a roll and take care of Golden State at home. Maybe. Fuck it. Give me Dallas. This is going to be uh, the Dirk game as well. So I think they get fired up. Give me Dallas. The Dirk Jersey Retirement. Unreal. Milwaukee. They go to Toronto. No, wait. They host Toronto. Sorry. And the Bucks should take care of Toronto because the Bucks are awesome. OKC. They go to Minnesota. 
Giddy up. Give me OKC. Utah, go to Denver. They should be fine there and win that one. Portland hosts Miami. Miami on a big West Coast road trip. Ugh, it's one of the tougher ones here, this one. Portland, I'll take that. Fuck it. Look, Portland are either going to go on a tailspin or they're going to try to right the ship. And uh, your guess is as good as mine. I just think that Portland, without with a couple of their dudes maybe coming back in the next few days, they should be okay against these... Uh, so they're hosting Atlanta and then they're hosting Miami. Portland should be all right, shouldn't they? Ugh, I don't like either of those picks because I think Dame could easily just win those two games by himself. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe CJ comes back at some point too. Either way, who knows? Atlanta, they go to Sacramento after that, and I think they can win that one. So give me the Hawks. Right, and that's it. There you go. Unreal. Another holiday show in the bag. Jeez, this one a bit long, this one too. Uh, that means I guess we'll do a really quick deli review to finish this off. Uh, but either way, we'll be back on Thursday to wrap up the next couple of days' worth of NBA junk for you. That's what we do while we're on holiday. Gonna spend some time with the squid and uh, old mate, don't I? Yeah. Tell you what, I had a good weekend. It's pretty nice not having to do a show on Friday. Tell you that much. Anyway, uh, so make sure you're still following NBA Australia on the Twitter, Facey, IGs. We're all over the socials, you know that. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Crazy week this week, so I can't wait to do that show tomorrow. Adam over on World Wrestling Australia on YouTube. Check that out. Uh, always great stuff happening on his Twitter, FWCIE on Twitter. NBAstraight.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Come on. Buy a t-shirt. I'll be back soon and I uh, can send it off to you. Check us out. Rating and review on your iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever. However you listen to your podcast, rate and review us, would you? It really does help. TheDailyLicker.com. Use the code STRAY. Get a free six-pack on your mate Jimmy. Knowable. Download the Knowable app from your uh, app store. Bang in the code STRAYER and you get 20% off. It makes you smarter. Trust me, it's awesome. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band House Hats. And also always thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green 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 and Dozers for the tunes that you hear throughout the show. Smash the album all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. However you listen to your tunes, however you follow and support your bands, do it. NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. All right, let's close out today's show with a brand new deli review. It's going to be very brief because I'm going to be... Uh, Improvising. <laughs> I mean, he's improvising. Uh, and we'll catch you on Thursday, dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And Happy New Year! Later, Rosen. Oi, 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 how the fuck are you? It's your mate Deli over here, just swinging by, you know. So, and with Gid sort of busy dropping triple doubles and shit on everybody and burning, like, you know, the cave protocols and stuff, I had to do another review and shit. So, it was a fucking sick New Year's. I hope yours was awesome. We were all cooped up, like, fucking Melbourne style. And then we had to go to Tassie to go play the jack jumpers and shit. And I was just like, fuck, man. Just too much rain around and shit, so fuck it. It was just like smashing a million tins at home. So that's what we did, man. I was like, I, I tried FaceTiming me old mate, Thon. Like, but no one's fucking heard shit from him ever since I got knocked out of, like, was it Jerusalem or some shit? I don't know, man. Bit sick, but and maybe she come back and play with us again, eh? You can probably sleep in my uh, guest house here in Melbourne. So anyway, uh, in terms of, like, movies and shit, like, what were we watching? Uh, we watched that Don't Look Up. 
But then that new fucking Star Wars came out, didn't it? Book of Boba Fett. And I'll tell you what, I fucking love Boba Fett. He's like foreign sick ass, like with a helmet and a gun and shit. I fucking love him. So yeah, we had to watch that. But look, no spoils or nothing. Just so you know, Book of Boba Fett is fucking sick. It sets the table real fucking nice for the rest of the series and shit. And I fucking love it already, man. So like, go check it out. It already got like 18 out of 10 deli ones from me. I fucking loved it. Thought Boba was sick. Thought it was all fucking gnarly. Fucking love Tatooine and shit. So yeah, go check it out. Book of Boba Fett. 18 out of 10 deli ones from me. Your best mate, Deli. Right, hey, that's it for this week from me. Uh, gonna go, you know, play some more NBL. Hope that uh, the rest of the season doesn't get called off or nothing. So, all right, look after yourselves. Uh, I'll catch you next week. Later, fuckos. Deli out. <laughs>